0: Or should Sorry, you just my microphone
1: just fell out of the stand? Got <laughs> a little bit too excited to be on the collabcast. How's it going, everyone? With Marvin, welcome to the collabcast, a
0: podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. Yeah, my name is Marvin. You are joining me. Oh, wait, you're not Minji. I
1: I mean I I can be. What have you done with Minji? I I have. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Minji can't join us this week because she's oh, home so sick. Sad.
1: She's Minji's uh stop getting yeah,
0: sick. She's um <laughs> once a month Minji gets sick. Usually she's able to power through and join us in the podcast. But today and we're here with uh, Shamira, our friend. Hey,
1: what's up? How's it what's going? going? Shamira here.
0: He's gonna be our replacement Minji this year. Yes. So be a lot this more year? smooth for this this, this week.
1: All right, Minji, your your job is mine for the next three hundred and sixty five days. Get ready.
0: We're we're, we're stuck with uh, Sean's smooth, smooth radio voice that he's been practicing.
1: It's it's not going super well, but I'm trying. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I think I need to go a little more guttural. How's it it going? It's going. Um, It's been a a really busy year, um, a really busy month. Yeah. Um, So I'm kind of just uh, pushing through. Um, We're halfway done, almost. We're halfway done. It's summer. We are actually almost halfway done. Happy summer. Summer's July 1st, I thought. No, I thought summer was yesterday. Oh. Pretty sure summer started yesterday. Well, oh yes, solstice, that's right, that's right, that was, that was yesterday actually, yeah. Yeah? So, uh, yep, it's uh, summertime, I'm, I mean, it's, summer's definitely in LA, it's hot. Yeah, it's not even full summer yet. Which is funny, because I remember like, for the beginning half of the year, because it was just so cold and weird, I kind of thought it was just going to stay cold and weird, like, we were going to have one of those summers where it doesn't really become summer until, like, November.
0: I was secretly just hoping just rain all the time. Rain, yeah. Right, because yes, we really, sport, really need really, it.
1: Really, really. Yeah. If, yes. Stop taking such long showers, everyone. <laughs> but shower. Shamir, what's, you, what's your what's your summer jam? My summer jam? What, do you, what, oh. what
0: track do you pull out when the sun's out? Hmm. Cruising down, I don't know, Wilshire. Well, there are
1: so many. Um, what's your go-to? My go-to right now, actually... Is uh, and all right. So, disclaimer, because I feel like I need to say this every time I, I talk about the song. Not not down with the Chris Brown, but "Post to Be" by Omarion, oh, featuring Chris Brown and Janae Aiko. That's a very catchy song. It's a very catchy song with some great lines. I'm not gonna say any of them on this because it's a family. Th- doesn't involve but, groceries, but. but you know, I'm a huge Jene fan. fan. Mm. I really Jene She yeah. makes me, like, incredibly sad at 2 in the morning, so I have to I have to be careful when I listen to her. But, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's my current go-to. Um, but I also have, like, some random, like, Japanese songs from, like, the early 2000s, like, Homosaki Ayumi and all this stuff who oh. once in a while I'll pull out um, just from when I was a, a wee 13-year-old. I think I have some of her songs she, in, she's like, so a very stuff. old
0: hard drive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there, there there have been some good summer gems for this year. I think, like just looking at my Spotify playlist, I just pulled out. <laughs> uh, like Maiden Heights has this track called Forgiveness, which is really dope. Natalie mm-hmm. Daros has Somebody, um, and then I've been listening to a lot of like EDM.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel I like I haven't listened to popular music in a while now because I don't. Yeah. I listen to podcasts and listen to yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah the Asian music yeah, on, yeah. when I'm on the road. these because that's the world I live in. Yeah. So. Whenever I turn back to, like, say, even K-Rock now plays a lot yeah. of EDM for yeah. some reason. Yeah.
1: It's, even uh, you know. Power 106 has been playing a lot of EDM. Oh, yeah? I'm not, like, a huge EDM. I mean, so... I mean, you can't get away from, like, the electronic beats, because I think that's, that's kind of sure. the trend, yeah. but... Yeah. I remember I listened to Power 106 and be like, all right, I'm going to get a good <laughs> dose of hip-hop, and then they're like, it's the EDM hour. And I'm like, that's not... <laughs> I'm not here for that. So, you know, and I mean, for me, it's funny listening to it, because in high school, I was listening to what, what we would call, was it, techno trance.
0: You Trance know, was the Trance, big one, yeah. which like was like ATB and um, Tiësto and like these Tiesto artists yeah. who are
1: big now, but back in the day it was like I have like an Above and Beyond remix of like this one song from like 2001. So it's yeah, it's it's funny how it's sort of come back in. But what's your what's your summer jam?
0: My summer jam. Um, I said this last time, but it's still 2000s like punky mo. Okay, like, power like yeah 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 something corporate. Yeah, um, <laughs> the pop punk? Like, yeah yep kind of stuff I just it just gets me in like it's good driving music I feel like it is yeah. It's
1: and it's it's like happy in like a not cheesy way but you can still like yell it yeah 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 know? like all that Fueled by Robin stuff like, yeah, yeah. No, I got you I yeah, got you. Like, like, um, drive disc- the Records yes and, yeah. this is a good mix the good stuff back in the day I remember listening to Song 41 oh uh, uh, yeah Song 41 I, I might so Mike Shinoda mm-hmm. make it a comeback Oh yeah, Four Minor is coming back. They, he just released a new I song. I saw
0: something about that. I didn't really read into it.
1: Yeah, just released a new song and he's going to have a show nice. on Monday. And I'm going to try to make that happen. Oh yeah, try. Watch Where is the ones. show at? Uh, downtown at Exchange. Okay. Oh, the uh, the Asian Club. <laughs> is that the Asian Club? I <laughs> well, it was used like, to be. Some I mean, reason I thought it was just the EDM club. It used to be like the the spot, and then mm. uh, Belasco became the spot, mm. and then Wait, Ly- exchange. Well, both of them are downtown clubs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But the, yeah, so that's so he's gonna be out of exchange, so I'm I'm gonna try to make that happen. We'll see what happens. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. It's been a while since he rapped in Linkin Park music. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it's been a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really listened to Linkin Park lately, but they were good they were good music to to cry to when you were in high yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's
0: your angsty years. You kind of just Angst like years. it's Lincoln Park or it's like Corn. Yes, I think we talked about this before. Yes, or not it's with it's if it's not with you with someone else that no, but that's, it's, grew a, up common, in that it's era. a common
1: conversation. It's a common conversation.
0: Yeah. So how so? You recently went back home to uh, Jersey to clean out your clean out your childhood home. How was that?
1: It was um a trip. So yeah, like I, I I went back home because uh my parents are moving out to Los Angeles. We've lived in New Jersey for about thirteen years now. And yeah. We moved around a lot. So I went back home to help pack up my stuff. And so I felt kind of bad because I went back to be really productive. But instead, I was going through like 25 years of 26 years of just like things that I'd accumulated that I thought had gotten thrown away at some point, but clearly had not. <laughs> so I was wading through like boxes of Nintendo 64 boxes and manuals and, you know, trying to like sort through um, like What did I find? I found like VHS clamshells from movies that I have only seen like once, like the live action Pinocchio movie. There was like, oh, there was that. I don't know if y'all remember. Yeah, there was a live action Pinocchio movie that apparently had a VHS. Um, (laughs) I remember when I cleaned out my childhood
0: room, it just took forever because I I would just stop and start looking through my old stuff. Yeah, no, it's like. Yeah. It's kind of like if you've ever gone through before they cleared out all the Zangas, yeah and went back and just read what you wrote back in the yep. day, it was just fascinating how incredibly oh annoying I, you were back I, in the day. I downloaded my my Zanga archive oh, yeah?
1: yeah, I go back to that once in a while as a reminder of I'm no. Like you, I we, ain't much, you know, like <laughs> we, we
0: laugh at the kids these days. Like they're a stupid slang and they're like, yeah. They're but, yeah but like but looking back, like, man, we were, we were pretty dumb well, too we were back pretty in the bad. day.
1: It was mine is just like me going on and on and on about all the music I'm missing to, And I'm just like, you're not, you're not cool. <laughs> Stop it. 13. But I'm glad that I got it out then. Mm. Cause you know, I could, I could be like 26 and still going on and on like that, you know? So it's kind of good to have that reminder that, that's you know, true. You figured your stuff out. <laughs> so it's helpful. It's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope people would figure stuff out by like I mid you, to late 20s, right? You would be very surprised. You would be very surprised <laughs> at the, the, the things that people are not figuring out, ourselves included. There are a lot of things where I still look back on like what I said yesterday and I'm like, oh man, that was not the thing to be saying. I should not have.
0: I mean, that's the thing. Like, you look back and, especially if you come across like things that are seems so important to you back in the day. Yeah. You look at it now, it's like, why was I so worked up about that? Yeah. You know? Like,
1: yeah. Because it's never anything huge. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's good to look back though. It's good to look back. Yeah. And I mean, it was a lot of fun going through like, you know, I found like my Burger King toys <laughs> and like my pile of Beanie Babies that have a cumulative net worth of like $5 now and all that great 90s stuff. So it was a yeah. fun, fun trip back home for sure but i didn't i didn't get as much packing done as i needed <laughs> to so i feel kind of bad cuz my mom is sort of dealing with the aftermath now
0: yeah so your parents are moving so have they been in jersey all this time or? yeah they
1: they've been in jersey um since 2001 okay uh, but my mom is originally from la i'm mm-hmm. originally from uh gardena right jamus American capital of the world <laughs> and uh then, like, we moved around a lot and ended up in New Jersey eventually. And so I came out of a school and just kind of stayed. But they've, they've always wanted to move to the West Coast. I think a lot of us have parents who are looking to move yeah. um, elsewhere. And so they're looking to move out here. And so they were originally going to move to Torrance, but we're just like, oh, man, that's boring, which I can totally sympathize with. And so they're, uh, they looked at Little Tokyo, and I kind of, you know, convinced my mom, and then she convinced my dad. And now they're moving to the arts district because they're... It's the place to be. I mean,
0: <laughs> just like from a, it's it's interesting how much LA has changed in
1: the last. It's like, it's even changed just a, five years, a huge amount. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely, and I think that's partially what what has drawn them in is it's such a different place than um, what it's been in the past, and it's so vibrant yeah. right now.
0: Yeah, a lot of cool, yeah. cool
1: stuff going on, a lot of
0: development. Like, yeah, you know, there's like at least ten other buildings being built in Little Tokyo and For sure. Chinatown right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes with the whole gentrification thing. Re-establishing, I guess, the status quo of, you know, socioeconomic, whatever. For sure. But, um, in terms of just making L.A. a more... Hospitable. Even, a more, even just more, I guess, presentable city. Like, L.A.'s always had this um, this thing where we've always shied away from being a city. Mm. I mean, L.A. in general, like the growth of it, it started off just as developments. It never yeah. meant to be a city. And yeah. it became a city. And then everyone's like, crap, now we're a city. Yeah. Right. And even in the nineties, like no one really was from LA. Yeah. You know, you were from the Valley, you were from Santa Monica. Yeah. You know. So it's kind of cool that LA's trying to establish itself.
1: Yeah. And I mean I I always think like, you know, even with the gentrification, which worries me because it pushes out you know, obviously communities of color and like folks who are unable to afford to live anywhere else um, with easy access to resources. Um, I think what's come with it, though is an opportunity for those communities to then assert their existence and assert and claim space. Mm-hmm. Um, and for more easy access to organizing around those things. Cause like people weren't coming to little Tokyo until about four or five years ago um, when pink Perry came. Oh no. Uh, when Yogurtland came in, and mm. people get on, like you know, they yell at <laughs> me for saying this, but I really think that Yogurtland coming in kind of turned the tide for businesses coming into Little Tokyo, right? Um, in the way that they have, yeah. Um, just because it it brought like USC students out, it brought you know a bunch of people out, and people saw it as more viable and more yeah. vibrant. Um, and alongside that, it's meant that community organizations have had a new audience to play with, um looking at like like, JANL, like the Japanese American National Museum and how they're able to you know utilize the Hello Kitty exhibit right. to harness and all that. But now it just becomes a thing of like, okay, so there are all these people coming into J-Town um, to live, um, to eat ramen, yeah. all these things. Um, but then you have organizations like Sustainable Little Tokyo, which are actively working to um, build a sustainable plan for the town. And those folks aren't necessarily going to be plugged in. Next frontier, how do we plug them in? Mm-hmm. How do we make them feel accountable for the space um, so they're not just using it yeah. to get an Instagram photo and then bouncing, you know? It's
0: interesting, like, just in general for urban, I'm sorry, like, this is the Clubcast urban planning minute, but yes. I was an urban studies minor, so I'm yeah, really <laughs> into this stuff. But, we, go go for it. I mean, just in terms of a whole segment of just urban planning, how do we, we want a certain type of person in this community, mm-hmm. how do we bring them in? mm mm-hmm. You have to change, right? How yeah. who who comes here? So walkable places, mm-hmm. retail places, like it, it all plays a part. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of Richard Florida's um, creative class theory, but okay. it's basically the best cities in the world. They have the presence of a creative class, mm-hmm. which is you know your innovators, your mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. your like job creators. Those people want to live in places that are vibrant. Yeah, that there's stuff to do, yeah. stuff to hear, stuff to see. So that means need artists. You need small business owners. You mm-hmm. need you need restaurants. You need whatever. Yeah. So, to make a place that's viable for them, will end up drawing in the you know the people that you want to raise the economic status. There's a lot of criticisms about that theory. It's like the causation thing, right? Like correlation doesn't doesn't mean causation. Yeah. yeah. But it's a pattern. But at the yeah. same time, you also have the thing where once you have your creative class people, it pushes out all the artists and the yeah. you know yes. other people that live there, and yes. then there's this big thing right now. Everyone wants to be the next like big tech hub mm-hmm. or everyone wants to be the next like big urban city, mm-hmm. but no one wants to be the next San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's probably partially where a lot of the anxiety is coming from, especially looking at little Tokyo where you have like what you're saying, a lot of small businesses and a vibrant, a super vibrant creative class coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also like a creative class that has, that is independently super wealthy that, um, May may have been born with a silver spoon. I'm not going to make that assumption. Um, and sometimes it's not even a creative class. Like it's it's a lot of young financial people who are working in finance and all that who are coming in and able to I mean, afford yeah. like market rate lofts. And so what that means is that you have an area like Little Tokyo, which has existed because of the presence of like older Japanese American, um, right. Korean American folks, um, who now can barely afford to live in the area. And even, like, in Little Tokyo Towers, which was, like, created for senior citizens, like, that's amazingly expensive. So it's one of those things where it's, like, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so what are we prioritizing? Why are we prioritizing it? Um, And it's a complicated question. I know for myself, like, I'm, as a 26-year-old, I am super happy with Little Tokyo the way it is right now in the arts district, and that is Mm post-gentrification, you know? Um, But as a young organizer, community builder... Right. who wants to work with communities that are, in de- like, you know, quote-unquote, I, I don't even want to say native, but just, like, who are <laughs> of the community um, yeah, that was built there, like, it, it concerns me that, you know, for my parents, like, it, it was a bit of a, a stretch to be able to afford to live around here.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's also, so, like, you can see just by driving down 6th Street, like, yeah. you know, we basically just push the tents back yeah. out there, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah, And then you're, you're compacting Skid Row and you're making, you know, that you're, yeah, it impacts the homeless population, which then impacts, you know, the surrounding communities. Urban planning is hard, guys. It's it's tough, and <laughs> LA was not planned very well. So it's funny because
0: I feel like LA is finally coming to its own. Yeah, and we're running out of water. Yeah, <laughs> right? which
1: you know, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens with that. We'll have to figure that out soon enough. It's a lot of um,
0: a lot of solutions, but none of them are cheap. You know. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But we all it's, gotta drink water. Yeah. It's interesting because urban development is also such a big part of the LA story. Like any like you think about Neo Noir stories that take place mm-hmm. in LA, it's the backdrop's always urban development. Uh-huh. Even the new true detective. I don't know if you've seen the, the last one, but a lot of people are down on it because it's not the old true detective. Mm. But I'm kind of excited that the backdrop of the whole thing is the California high speed rail mm. and development on that corridor. Yeah, it's kind of like it's that's their aqueduct yeah right so i'm excited about it but yeah it's
1: um it's interesting the high-speed rail would be really nice to have it would be very nice to right? have if they can i mean it's a logistical nightmare but just jurisdictions right oh, like God. in yeah. like in
0: china they can just like we're gonna build this yeah and then right just totally here steam it's like anything. well i don't want to go through my my neighborhood or my my city. Yeah. And I mean
1: like the, the last proposal I saw for one went like right over a historic Japanese American mortuary. (laughs) So it's like, you would have like cream, crematory ashes sort of billowing up into this train. If they like put it above it, you know, yeah, it would probably just get steamrolled. So it's one of those things where like, I can't even imagine the money that would go into mitigation for that. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, it's, it's a great, it's a great fantasy though.
0: Well, that's been the Collaboration Urban LA I feel minute. like I learned so much about yeah. the city. <laughs> no, you guys. Everyone who's listening not from LA should come visit. You should. We get a bad rap, but... We're pretty cool. You, know, you just gotta... I think LA is a city where you kind of just need to find your place. If you just go to Hollywood, you're not going to have fun. Yeah, don't go to Hollywood. Yeah, but if you go to um, all the well, different cities... Well, go to Hollywood. Go to
1: Hollywood, yeah. but don't, don't spend all your time there. It's not all of LA. It's really not all of LA. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, I'm so tired, Sean. I am exhausted, actually. I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> I am exhausted. This has been an exhausting month. I know. It's been a really long month and a really long year. I mean, we have our show coming up on Saturday we are, that you're hosting. Yes, so we've, yes. been, we've been
0: talking about the script and everything. In case you guys haven't been paying attention to Collabcast, um, Collaboration LA is happening this Saturday, June 27th. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So are, are people but, coming from out of town for that or... Couple people are. People, okay. Um we got some people from our SF team coming down. Oh nice. Yeah, so that'd be cool. Very nice. But the most most other, other people are gonna be local. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. The show is gonna be great. The show is pretty much set. Um, uh, right now it's just, you know,
1: making sure that everyone knows it's happening so yeah. they can get tickets and come. But I'm excited you're hosting, man. It's gonna be fun. Um I'm gonna try to take a nap before <laughs> and down like uh one or two cold brews. But yeah, no, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh yeah, I'm excited. I'll do yeah. what I can. I'll try not to it's your first um, you. So you, when Jason Yang, your old roommate, yes. performed, you weren't up there with them. I was not. Okay. Um, well, you were supposed to be. Well, okay, so I actually, the, so the joke was that I was going to be his quote-unquote DJ, mm. but I would just be up there and press the button that makes it play. But um, what actually ended up happening is I actually mixed his music for him. So if you listen to if you watch his performance, he's playing to a track. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made the track. Oh, so that was you. That was me. Like ghost DJing. Up um, there. Yes, ghost DJing. Projecting as your. I did
0: it. Projecting your. I had done it. Three your ghost days. DJ hands onto the ghost DJ prior thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. So <laughs> yeah, if you listen to that, that that's my imprint. And then I performed at the collaboration after party in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Oh, yeah. um, this is when you were still so Nessie. Yeah, so I was at the shrine. Oh, um, open bar. <laughs> it's quite a night. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was my uh, my first taste of the collaboration limelight, and this is going to be my my yeah first like actual during the show. I'm excited about after party after Saturday. We're holding at the Continental Club. Okay, everyone who okay.
0: has a ticket stub can get it for free up to 11 p.m. Uh-huh, and. Uh,
1: yeah, I get <laughs> I get really tired um, after I produce shows, and I after parties I actually generally don't go to. Interestingly enough, yeah. Um, yeah, when I when we produced home for the holidays, oh no, we we kicked it after, but we went to like Norebang, I think I don't think we went to. We actually like, party partied. Yeah, um, that was
0: a fun night. By the way, speaking of holidays, congratulations to our friend Chucky who just got married. Chucky Kim.
1: <laughs> He's probably not listening to this. He's he might listen to, to this. To I li- think if I tag him on the tweet later, he'll listen to it. He's probably like sitting in his room listening to DeAngelo and just thinking about how awesome <laughs> his life is right now. But yes, congratulations to Chucky and Barbara. Yeah? Two awesome folks. Um, I don't know. A lot Barbara of people getting well married, like too, but she seems yeah. really
0: cool. A lot of people getting married. it's, it's wedding season.
1: It's wedding. It is wedding season. How many weddings you got this this year? Um, only two. Only two. Actually, oh, I don't. Um, a lot of my friends or a lot of my acquaintances are getting married. Mm. Um, but in terms of like my core friends, are like the sort of people who are gonna get married for the tax benefits when they're like forty five, and right. that'll be it. And they probably won't even have a party. So
0: I mean, I feel like people our
1: generation are just getting married later. Yeah, which I mean is logical because we're living longer. Yeah. Um, but also, just I mean, I think our generation it it, we came into the job market where we were told to establish our careers um really quickly and so i think that marriage and stuff was not necessarily high on our priority list but yeah i don't know i don't even know if i'm gonna get married it's one of those things where i it's my my parents never push me Mm -hmm. towards marriage um my mom never even has a Never, I think I can think of one instance when she's mentioned it. Really, um, and well, you're was, still twenty six. Wait till I'm, you're thirty. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting grandkid talk right now, so <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll wait till I'm thirty and I'll report back. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's it's been like once in a while. Like, no, I can't even. They haven't even made grandparent jokes. Like, yeah, it's, they they just haven't really done that. So I think for me, I've I've never felt that pressure. Do you have siblings? I have three siblings, which is probably part Boulder? of it. I'm, yeah, I'm the youngest. Okay, the baby.
0: So yeah, so they're like whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Whenever then, you're ready. And then mm-hmm. also, I mean, I just think like my parents, the, my view, the viewpoint of my parents is just like marriage is like it's a thing that you do if you need to. Mm. It's not like a you must get married situation. They're not answering to any friends whose kids are getting married. You know what I mean? Like right. they, there isn't any of that pressure, social pressure. Mm-hmm. So as a result, I'm kind of like, all right, I'll get married if I if it really makes sense, but I'm not gonna yearn. I've been um, hmm. I was sure
0: to tell a story. So I've been playing this game called Hot Date, okay, where basically it's a simulation of like speed dating, okay, where you're matched up against not a guy or a girl, but like a little pug. Okay. Kind of like a stand-in for like um your date, and then basically the whole game is you trying to keep up a conversation with this pug, like. What are your interests? How oh, do you like cartoons? God. And then they've built in all like the different oh, um, responses. So I've been reliving every single bad first date I've ever been on oh, playing this
1: game this past weekend. Marvin, we've got to find you someone. Just reminds me of why. So you're not dating digital dogs? They're cute, though. They're pink. Okay, but we need to. F- okay, we'll find you.
0: I guess check it out. It's free to play. Just go ch- search oh, Hot Marvin. Date the Game. Let me oh, know how Marvin. you guys. Let me know how you guys. Oh, my God. I don't. I don't I feel like there's no time. Like it's it's a it's a lot of work. dating I mean, is part of the reason I joined collaboration originally was to like, oh, maybe it's a new way to meet people. But then like Mactivism. But then <laughs> like I'm the type of person who like when I'm doing something I get really into it mm. and everything else just falls to the wayside. Yeah. So like Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. like so the girls are coming up to you like, Hey Marvin, what do you what are you doing after the meeting? And you're like, Oh I'm organizing clipboards and then <laughs> I like, just go back to
0: Not even. The girls just come up like, Hey, I need you to do this for me. No. Yeah. I, I got to get back to my, my
1: hot date, though. The with game. Your, with your pug. Okay. Yep. That does sound like an important thing for uh The thing a is, you can't even win.
0: Right? It's just like it's based on feeling. Like, I think this went well, but I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like an actual first date where like you're just like, I think it went well.
1: Man, I just. I don't Let's know what that you. pink pixelated pug thought of me. I'm not really sure. Did it go well? Do I call? I mean, I I'm, not I in the I'm not actually invested in the peak level. I actually invested in the peak level. It just brings
0: back the feelings of they really they, they did a good job. That game. No, the
1: first dates are I don't know. I always find them to be super awkward, and I, I never like going on them. Actually, I I've never probably I don't know if I've gotten past like a first date with anybody really. Normally, when I've got into relationships with with people, they've been friends. Really? Who have slowly but surely become part of my life in that way. Um,
0: That doesn't really happen to me as often. Hmm. I get friend-zoned pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or at least it's all in my head, probably. Yeah. And that's been the collaboration relationship advice minute.
1: Yeah, we're we're going all over the place. Brought
0: to you by Hot Date, the game.
1: Check it (laughs) out. Featuring... Date some pugs. Digital pugs. Digital pugs. We're going everywhere tonight.
0: Yeah, this is what happens when Minji isn't here. Yeah, Minji. Talk about Minji, like you, you we are, need her. We need her anger. She, be, going, if she was here, she'd be yelling at me right now.
1: We're going way off the rails. Right now. <laughs> we're going. Off well, we can the talk
0: about some actual news. We can talk about on. some actual news. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what's in the news? So I don't know your thoughts about the recent. Like, I feel like June has just been like race news. Like you've got <sighs> this the Rachel Dolezal stuff. You got oh, the man. the Emma Stone stuff, and now you got like the yeah. Charleston stuff. And yeah. like, I don't want to get too into it because it's just depressing. It's a lot, but. One thing I wanted to touch on is just like so they they in case you guys have been living under a rock or whatever um, there was a tragic shooting in
1: Charleston. Some he was he was a white dude um, who killed nine congregation mem- nine black congregation members of the yeah. historically black church in Charleston. Yeah. So
0: I guess the thing I wanted to touch on um, on his manifesto, he pretty much indicted like every like minority race except for his quote northeast Asians.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know. That's interesting for a few things. I mean, I think it it actually in a sad way is a reminder of um how East Asian Americans are stratified. Yeah. Oftentimes in society and like how when we think about things like quote unquote Asian privilege, which is not a thing but it's a, a perception that people have. It's tied to the modern minority it's, myth. Right? It's yeah. tied to not only the model minority myth, but it's tied to a lot of things that I think Asians and Asian Americans have have been privileged to to have um including this image of being a lapdog um and this image of being uh, submissive um and pliable um and I think many Asians and Asian Americans love that you know they they love being you know accepted by mainstream white culture and and they they are totally into whiteness and when I say whiteness I don't mean like white people I mean the concept of there being a superior like being
0: part of the club being part of the club
1: being part of a superior race quote unquote um, that has that comes with privilege and economic and romantic and social power Um, and so when he says that in his thing I mean it's interesting because it on a granular sense, it's really interesting that it says Northeast because then that just shows, that just sort of belies all the 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 intense racism that South Asian, Southeast Asian um, folks get that as like Japanese, Chinese, and Korean Americans, we typically do not. Mm-hmm. Um, I know many Southeast Asian American folks who totally don't identify with, with East Asian American identity building. Uh, which makes sense because our stories are so predominantly are so dominated by a specific narrative um, that is completely devoid of or completely void rather of like, you know, the refugee narrative or um, lower economic status narrative that exists in like a lot of communities that are um, not Chinese, Korean and Japanese. I mean, yeah. Which is not to say that we don't have them within our communities. It's just, it's more prevalent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... Our historic just migration patterns have been different. It's been very different. Yeah. Like um, we, a lot of like my family, we chose to come here. Yeah, it wasn't because, oh crap, we accidentally blew up your home. You like, yeah, you know, um,
1: or not accidentally. Um, yeah. So it, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's kind of the first interesting thing. Um, the next interesting thing is is just to me that you know, to this white supremacist, Asian people were seen as compliant you know and as noble because we are just as racist as as they are whatever which i i think exists in a number of our communities you know um yeah it's kind of sad when i saw that i was
0: like i can see where he's coming from
1: yeah but it's just messed up. it's just yeah. the fact it's one of those things where i think for us as asian americans we're, we're in a constant struggle to undo a lot of that but then to see how we haven't been able to do it quickly enough um, is disheartening for sure. And it's tragic because um, then I, I think, you know, I, I read, I read his manifesto actually. Um, and the thing that struck me the most is it's, it's, it just all stems from this belief that white folks are superior. Like he says that in very clear terms, that white folk folks are superior and there's complete, there's like absolutely no consciousness about, you know, what, role you know white settlers have played in um you know decimating the native population here the fact that people of color like black folks especially came to were brought to america yeah um in order to build this country you know um the same with um chicano folk like latino folks like you know all uh, the folks who came who who had a border imposed on them um, and many of them came had and continued to this day to do a lot of the laboring work that um, white folks would not do. Um, and for us as Asian Americans, I know, like, my great-grandfather came here, my great-great-grandfather, and then his son came here to work in the coal mines, right? But after that work was done, shit, white folks don't want us to be here. And that's what's <laughs> happening. Or that's one specific group of white folks do not want us to be here. And right. that's sort of what's embodied in this letter, Um, And I I hate that I have to disclaim it. But again, when we're talking about whiteness, we're not talking about white people in general. We're talking about um, an attitude that exists and it not only exists within white folks, but also has been um, readily taken on by many Asian-Americans, you know, that like, you know, the economic success white folks hope that white folks have is a marker of superiority that romantic success that white folks have is romantic uh, is, a, is a marker of superiority um, and that's where you have Asian Americans so readily being this laptop that I'm talking about and, and folks like um, what's his name Roof yeah Roof Dylan Roof Dylan with, with two N's Dylan Storm Roof you have folks like him who look at the Asian community Asian and Asian American community and they say yeah they want to be like us so they're, they're in the club which is frightening and disheartening and disgusting and just kind of sad. Yeah. Um in like not like a oh that's that's like oh that's so pathetic kind of way of sad but it's more just it saddens me that so many of us feel like that's what we need to do. Um and it really puts us at odds with other communities of color and it really is Something that does not take into consideration history and does not allow us to really fully understand uh, that 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 is a, it. It comes from a place of of ignorance, really.
0: Um, How much of that do you think comes from just the way our cultures were? You know, where we came from. Because a lot of us are first, second generation, where mm-hmm. you know those values are still very much like Confucian values, things like that are very, very much still part of what we're taught growing up.
1: I mean, I can really only speak for my own family's experience, um, you know, which is a very different experience than like the first, second generation experience, because I'm a fourth generation Japanese American. Mm -hmm. But I know for us, like historically, that really impacted the way that our relationship with mainstream America um, formed. Because, you know, we came to a country that was openly hostile against us, where um, Japan was becoming a rising world power that america was very wary of um we showed up and then you know within 40 years of being here um 39 years whatever it is like pearl harbor happened obviously my father was born in 1938 um and was sent to a concentration camp with his family and when they got back like you know they had lost their farm um his cousins had like palm trees Um, set on fire in their front yard. Um, And so when that all happens, I mean, I think for us in our generation, because we have the benefit of having lived, of having been born after the civil rights movement, I think that our reaction might be um, uprising, and it would be response, and it would be protest. But at that time, when you're kind of powerless to that, your only option really is to assimilate And as oftentimes people say, like, this is a phrase that people use, you have to kind of outwhite the whites. Mm. So, like, my father wanted to be white. He has said that to me. He said, when I was growing up, I wanted to be white because that's the only way that you're going to survive. And so for him, that meant, you know, becoming the first one to get off the farm and go to school, like college. That meant getting, like, advanced degrees. That meant totally not thinking about civil rights, like, like civil rights, the the civil rights movement, even though he was living through it. Um, and so in a way that's how that model minority thing formed for my family is. It's, it was a survival mechanism and it came from assimilation. Um, but the other side of that is, is so the one side is what happens and what is self-determined by the Asian American folks. The other side of that is how white people, white people then interpret that. Right. And that's where the dangerous thing is. Um, I think Asian Americans should do whatever we want. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think that we can totally become, like, the smartest person in the room and be submissive if we feel like we need to, you know? Like, I don't, I would never shame an Asian American for being anything other than they are and what they feel comfortable doing. But the trouble is when non-Asian American folks look at that and say, oh, you're the model minority. Oh, you are XYZ oh, you are doing this because, you know. Um, so that's where it gets complicated because oftentimes we're talking about the model minority myth as one thing when in reality it's actually composed of a few different elements and all of them come with different conversations yeah. entirely.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people wear it as a badge of honor. A lot of people see it as a burden. A lot of people yeah. see it as something they need to take down. And it's probably yeah. all of those things. It, yeah.
1: Right? It, it's it's, And again, it, it just depends on... You know, and I, I think the term itself comes with a very certain, a very particular nuance. Yeah. And so I know for myself, I look at that word and I want to explode it. But, you know, it's it's like, what angle are you going to look at it from? How are you going to interpret it and internalize it? And what are you using yeah. it for? I mean, I think it's just the whole word, like modern
0: minority, just means they want you to own your minority Yeah. Right. Like this is how a minority should act in the states,
1: which is such an issue because yeah. then that that is that term yeah. is in itself then inherently anti black and it and inherently like yeah a, a term that stratifies people of color and then pits yeah. us all against each other, you know, because then that just means well, who are you being a model for right. other minorities, who are other minorities, folks who are less light than us, really,
0: well long story short there's a reason why he named Asians in his manifesto yeah. you
1: know it, it is a issue that exists within our communities yeah and it's it's not at all as simple as everybody getting along either it's it's a very complex thing and um i i i mean i hear that and i can only get sad really yeah you know i can't really yeah There's really no other way for me to react than that.
0: Yeah. I guess, you know,
1: everyone listening, everyone, you know, we can do better. We can be better. Let's do better. And we can speak up. Yeah. That's the only other thing is, you know, we can, rather than just liking stuff on Facebook, you know, there, you have words, you can use them as long as you know exactly what you're talking about and you're, you're true to it. You know, your voice is invaluable. Yeah. Imagine. Well,
0: that brought the podcast down a little bit, but it's important. It's important. No, it's, it's important. important.
1: And then, I mean, that that's kind of what, when you're creating Asian-American space, like collaboration, mm-hmm. like it's, it's important to be having these conversations because we can't, I, I always say like, you know, Asian-American organizing is not about I'm Asian, you're Asian, let's hug. It's about mm-hmm. like, how are we all continuing to tell our stories and examining our stories and how are we working to make sure that we are moving past history and unification and thinking about how we are, how our, what defines each of us and how those stories are ultimately going to feed towards a larger and better future for Asian America and America on the whole and the world. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: It's going to be more important, especially our generation. You know, we're not in power yet, but it's coming.
1: And all all the boomers,
0: boomers are are retiring soon. I I disagree.
1: I think we actually are very powerful right now. I think economically we may not have a handle on everything, but I think in terms of like who's leading the conversations right now, Mm -hmm. like black lives matter, for example, is probably one of the, I think probably been one of the most like powerful phrases in the past, like three or four years. Right. And that, was coined by you know patrice colors and her cohort and patrice is is i think our gener is is our generation for sure yeah um local la organizer amazing artist um thinker person so you know i i think about how at this point like you know i i think for a while i kept telling myself like okay so when i when i get older I'm gonna make stuff that's important, but then I kind of was looking around and was like, "Oh, all the people who are influencing me right now are my age." Yeah. So I think it's time for like for us, we just need to hone our voices now, right. get started on that. Be active, right? Be that's active. how you influence
0: politics. Really, it's just yeah, know, be heard.
1: And I'm not saying you have to go to every rally on every street corner, but you know, be be well read, mm-hmm. read the news know what's happening understand how to argue fig, like read about rhetoric you know there's a lot that you can do yeah. so it's important cool yeah
0: well one last topic to bring it back up a little did you watch
1: Inside Out you watched it right I did it's pretty good right I liked it I a lot. did it <laughs> got a little bit too real it got very real oh, Yeah. it got really real
0: I thought it was interesting like so spoilers, I was spoilers, a, spoilers. well I don't I'll try to keep spoilers out Spoiler. of this <laughs> um, it's interesting because like i was an urban studies minor but i was i was also almost a cognitive science minor too mm. so how the brain works it's also very interesting to me yep um and it's a pretty good it kind of it's like a how you would explain how the brain
1: works to a kid mm-hmm. right like it's all very imaginative. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny because, like, I I feel like I hear a lot of comments like that where mm-hmm. people are getting really analytical about the mechanics behind it, which I, I, I walked in really curious about. Yeah. But I got, like, way too caught up in just, like, the story. Yeah. Like, oh, it got too real. Because it, <laughs> it, it mirrored a real-life experience of mine. In really? Pretty close, like, almost, you know, scene by scene. It was a little bit too much, so... I like, and I'm not gonna t- say say what it was because again, like you know, right? Watch, watch the movie. Support, support the arts um, industry. But yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, no, it got real. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't think it was my favorite favorite Pixar movie. I think I'd have to watch it one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once I watch it again, it, it might very quickly become one of my favorites. But there were some great Easter eggs. Yeah. Some good
0: callbacks, some good uh just jokes in general. I I like how even though they're all little characters, like you can see the actors.
1: Oh you yeah. You know, like the oh, Lewis yeah.
0: Black character was totally Louis Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Like the Amy Polar character is yeah, totally yeah, yeah, Amy yeah. Polar. Like Yeah. Um it's it's amazing how even like even these days. I mean it maybe it's because 'cause we're you know, we grew up on cartoons or whatever, but like the anime features are still like it doesn't have to be kids all kids stuff. You know?
1: No, and I think, like, Shrek really changed the game for that, right? Because once Shrek came out, then that totally changed the way that animation was Was made. it Shrek? I think it was Shrek because Shrek was, like, to me, one of the first animated films that worked on multiple levels. Mm. for In America, at least. I think even before that, though,
0: like, going back to, like, say, the WB cartoons of our youth, right? Animaniacs, Freakazoid. Like. Yeah.
1: But in terms of movies, though. mm I feel like Shrek was the first one that you would watch and it would be like the right mix of kid-friendly family fun and then adult intellectualism.
0: Yeah. Although, maybe this is colored by the sequels, but when I think of Shrek, I just think of just pop culture references. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I mean, I think the first one. I don't
0: remember. The first one I remember was... All I remember was when um,
1: Shrek was explaining onions having layers. Onions... I'm an ogre. Ogres have layers, <laughs> like an onion.
0: Onion has layers. Donkeys
1: have layers. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah. But you know, a movie I saw that I did not like. Jurassic World. Oh, <laughs> so bad. I,
0: I didn't think it was te- like I thought oh, it, was it was all right. Terrible. I didn't think it was no, terrible. It was awful. I thought it was. I don't. I didn't think it was good. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I saw things that were problematic. Like, okay, this is going to spoilers.
1: Don't 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 spoil anything. Um, I, I mean, I think for me, it wasn't even, I, I even wasn't even on the level of like, how is this reaffirming gender roles, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I wasn't even there because I was just like, this is not a good movie.
0: No, that's what I was like. Ugh. Ugh. I remember watching the first Jurassic
1: Park and being
0: just totally blown away. Yeah. Right. And like, Part of it was, I didn't even know what it was. I just got taken yeah. to the movies, mm. right? I didn't know it would be about dinosaurs, mm-hmm. but I think it's the difference between like, because it, w- it wasn't a,
1: sp- Spielberg didn't film this one, right? I don't it think he did. Else. Yeah. I hope not, because it, it just, it wasn't, I think I think the one thing that bothered me the most is I saw it on a huge screen. I saw the light mm-hmm. in 3D, and it didn't feel epic. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I was thinking, like,
0: the scene where they got the park and, like, the music swells, you hear the Jurassic Park theme. And, like,
1: the theme itself gave me shivers. But what I was seeing on screen was, like, eh. The gate, it was just like, oh, here's a gate. Yeah. T Rex was like, (laughs) here's T Rex. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is not the Jurassic Park that I know and love. And then it was like, I mean, they kind of make in-jokes about it, about, like, how like, yeah, people aren't. like, well But, know. like, I remember, like... There are there's, there's throwbacks, but, like, that wasn't enough to keep me... Yeah. Those are easy. You can do those easily. I
0: mean, even just making things look big, you know? Like, I remember yeah. um, I was reading something about just explaining that first scene when... In that first movie, when they first saw dinosaurs, like, you don't see a dinosaur until, like... Yeah. Maybe five minutes after the characters see the dinosaurs, yeah. right? Because it's just their reaction. Yeah. I think what they call it Spielberg face, right? Yeah, Something yeah, that yeah. he does a lot where like they show the reaction.
1: Oh, like when Dr. Grant gets out of the Jeep and then takes the glasses off. Yeah. And, and then the music swells and then there's yeah. Brontosaurus is everywhere. Yeah. No, like that's, that's like one of the best scenes in film.
0: And I mean, you know, you um, don't have to recreate that thing, but there was nothing in Jurassic World that had that sense of like,
1: yeah, grandeur. Right? I mean, like, I, f- I feel like they're riding on the hope that people were walking into it, not, impressed by that and they were hoping that people would just like you know be cool but if you're gonna see a movie called jurassic anything it has to be epic and then if you're gonna introduce a new dinosaur yeah the introduction to that dinosaur was like okay i don't know overall (laughs) and then i just had a lot of questions because like the logic behind a lot of it didn't make any sense. And then just like the, car- the lines were awful. And anyway, we should do like a spoiler cast where we just talk, we about, just oh. talk
0: about the problems. Ugh. But yeah. No, it's Jurassic World, man. <sighs> uh, such a letdown. Apparently, oh, the um, one person of color in that movie, well, one of two, is like a very popular Bollywood guy. Okay. But I didn't, couldn't recognize him. I'm sure it'll do well. In
1: Asia. Oh yeah, no, I recognized him, and I was yeah. trying to figure out why. That makes sense. I think I know who it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: I mean, the movie will do really well in Asia for
1: sure. Yeah. You know, no, it's a- places it's where s- people just want to see CGI effects and stuff. CGI dinosaurs, yeah. it'll it'll do great. Um, but it's just, I oh, don't know. The dialogue was just so bad. I know in, in the theater I was in, like, the audience was laughing at it really? in the moments <laughs> when they weren't supposed to be laughing. Um, oh. But also, I went to ArcLight though, which is a snobbier crop of people, including myself.
0: <laughs> ArcLight seems like like date night place or something. Like, I actually see a lot of movies at ArcLight. Really?
1: Again, because I'm a snob. Oh, well, I, would,
0: I, I would think snobby would be like Landmark. Seems snobby.
1: Oh well, yeah. Well, no, Landmark is more like video rental store guys. Really? I think. Oh. I go to Landmark to see like the midnight screenings because sometimes they have some good ones there. Institute. But um, yeah, no, I, I go to ArcLight fairly often because I the screens are just a better experience, and then overall, mm. like the seating is nice. And too, not just but, for the booze. No, I actually don't. But it's it's one of those things again where also tickets are like twenty dollars, so I, I don't. Care yeah, like, I, if it's like the one movie I see every four months.
0: Have you ever seen a movie in D box?
1: Yes. Which movie? Hunger Games. Really? Yeah. How was that in D-Box? It was weird because every time Katniss pulled back her bow, your seat would. So D-Box is this thing where it's like Star Tours. where The you're seat sort of moves with the movie. Watching. Yeah, the seat yeah. moves. And so I saw Hunger Games. And every time that she would pull back her bow, your seat would go back. Really? And it was like, well, that's not happening like in the movie. So See- I don't really know.
0: I watched – the one movie I saw on D-Box was Pacific Rim. Oh, that, that was a movie like that watched on cool. D-Box because every time the, the robot would step, the yeah. seat would just, like, move with it. Okay. Pretty awesome. But um, I read somewhere that the way that, like, people program those D-Box seats is you have a dude sitting in a D-Box chair, like, watching the movie and kind of moving along with it to, like, huh. programming in, like, d huh. like It's not like – it's not any algorithm or anything. It's a dude programming yeah, yeah. It. At this moment, this happens. I mean, happens. that's what I kind
1: of figured. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know what the algorithm for that would look like. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's a $30 movie right there.
1: Yeah, and that, that wasn't worth it. I was I was really into The Hunger Games for the first movie, <laughs> partially because I worked on the marketing for it. Oh, yeah? But so I got really into it because I was just reading about it every nice. day. And I, I loved the theme, and I loved that it was a mainstream movie about um, revolution um, which was like, see, when which, I which pers- set off yeah. like a whole a whole fad of putting protest signs and everything. So <laughs> yeah, it's um,
0: I still, I guess when I first saw that movie, I just thought Battle Royale. So we thinking
1: of it. Memory, it's, yeah. it's very similar, and interestingly, it actually is not. I think the author hadn't even heard of Battle Royale.
0: Yeah,
1: um, like it was actually based more on the Roman. um paname circus circuits pan pan a (laughs) circus it's been a while since i took latin but um yeah so like it's actually more based on ancient rome um so there's Mm -hmm. a lot more if you read the books it's actually very parallel to ancient rome okay um and then also vietnam 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 and how like young boys are being sent to like vietnam to just die um so that's actually where it's from originally, mm-hmm. even though it does basically of Battle Royale. So yeah. I don't know. the author claims that has nothing to do with that though, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna take her word for it. You but, know. Yeah. No, it makes yeah. sense. But no, I, I got you. I not you.
0: saying not saying I'm like it's based on him <laughs> saying when I saw when I heard I was like
1: it sounds like Battle Royale. Yeah, no, it's but very it's I mean for sad. those of us who've seen it,
0: you know. Bloody, bloody movie. Yeah. I was First
1: saw it in college, I was like, what
0: is this?
1: (laughs) Oh, I saw it in early high school. Late elementary school, maybe. Really that early? You know what?
0: That makes sense. Japanese, like, Japanese cinema have made some really effed up films. Oh, yeah. I mean, even before the whole, like, Korean, like, old boy, like, revenge trilogy, like, there's been a lot of, yeah.
1: I mean, I think part of the difference is that Japanese, like, effed up movies are, like, kind of, Eerie, because there's a element of comic, like a com- little like bit, but I kind humor of feel like... to it. So, my friends picked up audition
0: over oh, yeah. in high school, and it was like the whole like torture porn horror movie like that that happened in like the late yeah. 2000s. You know, in
1: Japanese movies before, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 no, it's definitely, uh, yeah, that's quite a era. That was... My friend picked it up because
0: it had a hot girl on the cover. Oh, God. And then we were watching it. was like, oh, no.
1: Oh, no, no. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Don't watch Audition. It's on Netflix.
1: <laughs> I've actually never seen it. I've, I've been meaning to watch it since high school. Maybe It's, it's pretty effed up. Oh, uh, okay. I don't really like those kind of movies.
0: It's like... It's one of those movies where the first half is just normal.
1: Yeah. And then and something then just... snaps
0: in the middle and it becomes something totally different yeah yeah
1: it's there's, interesting yeah there are a few Japanese movies that actually have absolutely no happiness in them at all yeah there's one called All About Lily Chocho which is like it, it isn't even sad it just is void <laughs> of happiness it's kind of have you seen Requiem for a Dream? Uh, no I haven't it's just oppressively
0: oppressive and mm-hmm. you leave the, you leave the theater or you leave the screening
1: just thinking like man Life is Oof. doomed. Oof. Everything sucks. Oof. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe Maybe. Maybe I'll save that for another day.
0: If you're feeling like a good
1: downer. Oh, yeah. That's know, always... You know, should make me. a list of downer movies. What was the last downer movie I saw? I feel like I must have seen... Oh, Advantageous was kind of a downer. Oh, that was kind of a downer. Yeah. That was kind of a downer. And like a... It ended in kind of a light, happy kind of way, but it was still Kind of hopeful, downer. but still... It was a downer. Like
0: though. when you realize what like was really going on. Yeah. Advantageous, guys, comes out...
1: It came out today, today, today. on Netflix. Yeah. Check
0: it out. It's uh, Asian-American director, Jen Fong. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly Asian-American cast. Ken, Ken Jong's in it.
1: Pretty good dramatic turn for him. And, yeah. and great, great sci-fi flick. We should do a spoiler cast about that. Yeah, I really want... We haven't talked about it yet. We haven't.
0: Yeah. I remember no. right after watching it, you and Naomi Ko, our friend Naomi Ko, were just like, I need to process this. Yeah. And that was like two months ago.
1: Yeah. And then we've... Since I've processed it, I don't know if mm-hmm. Naomi has, but we <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. have, yeah. Well, that's about calling this it. podcast, all but right.
0: before we call it, just want to um, have some last minute announcements. So as you know, this Saturday, June 27th, collaboration. is a Collaboration in Los Angeles, hosted by Shamira. Myself. Featuring a lot of really good artists. Um, um, awesome there's going to be um, guest performance by Azure. Azure. a great uh, hip hop artist. Is it Azure from- or... Uh, I keep mispronouncing it. Minji would say it. I think it's Azure. 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 I keep Ajere? saying Azure.
1: Like Desiree. I don't know. Desiree.
0: There also be for the first time ever, a collaboration lip sync battle. Ooh. Featuring be Jenny annoying. Yang, Naomi Ko, and Jimmy O Yang. It's gonna be really good. Three really, I'm really, really excited. They're taking way too seriously. They're going in. No, but I but feel like at first it was gonna be like like just something like fun. Now they're like no, it's... yeah, they're they're taking really. Like, There's costumes and props. They have to take us seriously. Like, There's really, supporting actors yeah. now. Like, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Also, on Saturday, June 27th, if you're on the East Coast in the Mid Atlantic area, uh, Collaboration DC is having an open mic that night. So um, nice. it's gonna be in College Park um, at 8150 So that's, that's the Varsity Building where I used to live.
1: Very nice. Uh, go check that out.
0: And if you're in Chicago, um, they're having a yacht party. The July 11th at 12.15 p.m. Yacht, yeah. A
1: collaboration yacht party.
0: Collaboration yacht party.
1: What the... They're,
0: apparently, they're all ballers
1: over there. What kind of <laughs> rich, crazy rich Asians are running collaboration in Chicago? If you want to check it out, check out Collaboration Chicago. Oh, man.
0: Collaborationchicago.org for details. And every first and third Tuesday... First and third Tuesdays? Um, there's Tuesday, if you're in L.A., Tuesday Night Cafe... The Run by Shamira,
1: nation's oldest free Asian American open mic ish series in Little Tokyo.
0: Yeah, we didn't talk about your shows. You had some really good shows this past month. You got we can. Your, do what we can. Yeah, your LGBTQ show and your yep. uh, family show. Family show. It's always a party when Mister Cookie Jar shows up.
1: Yeah, it's always a party. It's always a party. It's it's, it's a trip. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we'll we'll talk yeah. about TN, TNC at another. Yeah, another time. If you're in LA, check it out. It's it's awesome and it's free. 100% free, yeah. 100% free.
0: Yeah, we should bring you back during your uh, donation drive.
1: Next month, you mean? <laughs> like in a <laughs> week and a half? Oh, man. We're going to do that. We're going to make all the money we need to. Yeah? Yeah. Support so, okay.
0: your local arts groups. Please support, please support your arts. Your uh, Please. No matter where you are, check out please. who's doing cool stuff around you support artists, support the creation of your city or your community story.
1: Yeah. At this point, you really don't have an excuse either. Cause with Google, you can just type <laughs> in like, you know, blank city arts. And if you'll get an immediate listing of everything happening. So,
0: yeah. And as always, if you have any feedback questions or, you know, like last time a personality test, you want to shoot our way podcast at collaboration.org is where you can send that. And a uh, well, we're we'll always happy to answer that excited so yeah excited for your questions so for Marvin and Sean keep calm and collab on is that is that your opponent for this week? it's my new thing oh dear yeah there's no minion to stop me oh man we'll collab okay. and see you later
1: oh, oh. dear bye <laughs> Your hips don't lie. My swag's so crazy, I'm a schizo, right? You a ballerina, cool, I'm a disco guy. Excuse me, I heard bang bang, I heard shots. The mean barge, in the interrupt your workshop. Without you, the show stops. I heard you're thirsty, so I got you a cold pot. Hey, girl, hit me with your voodoo. Choreo's, I watched the you 2